The House That Jack Built, from the Doctor Who Annual 1975, read by John Coleshaw. Joe Grant sat watching the tall figure of the Doctor as he tinkered at one of the control panels of the TARDIS console, which she had helped him drag out of the police box a short while before. Any luck? she asked, jumping down from her seat on the table. Hmm? The doctor raised one eyebrow, but otherwise ignored her question. She stood beside him and peered at the intricate piece of circuitry in his hands as he steadily pushed his sonic screwdriver into a small aperture in its side. I said, have you had any luck in repairing your compass? The doctor looked up from his work, annoyed. I wish you wouldn't keep calling it that, Joe. This is the Dimensional Direction Unit, which is essential if I want to program the TARDIS properly. That's what I said. A compass. The doctor sighed, then returned to his work as his young female companion shrugged her shoulders and propped herself up against the hexagonal shape of the control console. She ran her finger around the switches idly and made them jump over the meters which lay dormant under the thick glass. Watch what you're doing, Joe. We don't want to... Suddenly, the room shook violently, and the doctor dropped his workpiece to the floor. Joe reached for the console to steady herself, but it shimmered as though in a heat haze, and her hand passed right through it. She screamed to the doctor, but no sound came from her lips. Instead, a loud swishing sound filled the air and the walls began to spin in front of her eyes. She reached out for the doctor's arm, but Joe was suddenly wrenched from the room together with her companion and hurtled through the walls into a black void. She felt herself being propelled through time and space by some unknown force, with the doctor's voice calling to her from somewhere in the distance. As she sped through the unknown void, Unconsciousness began to cloud her mind, but before falling completely into a deep sleep, she could see that it was getting lighter, and the doctor was ahead of her as they sped along an endless corridor, as if carried on a cushion of air. Everything grew confused, and she slipped into the sleep of the unconscious mind. Joe Grant's eyelids fluttered open, as she emerged from the darkness to see a black-cloaked figure towering above her. Her eyes grew used to the light, and she could see it was the doctor who was smiling down at her. He bent down and helped the girl to her feet. She swayed for a moment, but then found her legs were growing more steady by the second. Well, Miss Grant, we seem to have arrived, announced the doctor, waving an arm around. She peered around her to see a brilliant white room with no decor apart from a heavy oak door set in the furthest wall. Where are we? She gasped. That, announced the Time Lord, is what I intend to find out. Come on. The doctor strode over to the door and grasped the handle. He shot back as a charge of electricity crackled up his arm. Laughter <laughs> echoed from an unknown source around the room. Who is the prettiest one of them all? Boomed the voice. Then it erupted into a thunder of laughter as before. 
As sudden as it came, the sound stopped, leaving the doctor and Joe speechless. The doctor was the first to break the silence. Seems this place is inhabited then, by a lunatic by the sound of it. He bent down and examined the menacing handle. Single wire electrocution. Very ingenious, remarked the Time Lord. It seems our captor is on that often quoted border between genius and madness. Now, let's see what I can do about getting us out of here. Joe watched as the celestial alien delved into his pockets and extracted a long piece of machinery, his sonic screwdriver. Shield your eyes, Joe, he said. The young girl obeyed, covering her eyes with her arms. The doctor lifted his cloak up over the lock. Behind the back curtain, he pressed the blade into the lock and touched the ornamented handle with the shaft. There was a loud bang and thunderous crackling as the doctor's cape blew up into his face in a cloud of smoke. Joe Grant peeped through the space between her arms to see the doctor dropping the veil of black to reveal a burnt-out lock of the black-streaked handle, which had slightly melted above. What happened? asked Joe in a shrill voice. As I said, began the doctor, the lock was electrified by a single wire system. That means that the lock and handle were both positively charged. So when I connected the two with my screwdriver, kaboom! He then turned and pressed the handle down, somewhat gingerly. The door swung open, and the doctor shot a quick smile at his companion. They stepped through the frame into complete darkness. It was as dark in here as it was bright in the room they had just left. The duo entered, and the door behind them slammed shut, cutting off their only source of light. Joe was about to ask the invisible doctor what they were going to do now, when the door began to vibrate. The whine of engines started up, and something could be felt moving in the centre of the room. Suddenly, light began to flash throughout the room, and between the brilliant flares, Joe could see a carousel, highly decorated, with a large mirrored ball on the roof, which spun in rhythm with the revolving horses, which in turn spun faster and faster as the engines rose into higher speeds. The horses began to blend together as the spinning made the wooden animals into a pink and white blur of movement. The ball at the top of the chaos spun faster, throwing light from its face to splash against the amazed duo standing below. This is a madhouse, hissed the doctor over the engine noise. He looked over to his companion to see her staring at the large mirrored ball which spun frantically in the air. The lights swept across her face to pause a moment in her wide eyes, then disappear and be replaced by another brilliant outburst. The hypnotic spinning increased as a voice whispered to her. Who's the prettiest one of all? Come to me. Come to me. Joe passed and stared at the wall of movement shimmering in front of her. The conscious side of her brain battled to tell her that to go any nearer the carousel would be instant death. But her subconscious triumphed with the voice as an ally. Come to me. Yes, I must come to you, echoed the girl. Her eyes glazed and fixed on the ball spinning in the air. 
in ever-increasing and decreasing throbs. She took a step forwards and could feel the current of the air created by the mad machine blow her hair out behind her. Then a hand reached out, grabbed her arm, spun her round, and another hand drew a sharp smack across her cheek. Joe Grant staggered forward to be caught by the doctor. What? What happened? I'll tell you later, urged the doctor. But we must get out of here before this machine does any more harm. Then the whine of the engine ceased and the carousel skidded to a halt. Our host has found that little game useless. What is this place? The doctor. Squealed Joe. It seems full of deadly devices and voices asking us who's the prettiest one of all. The doctor pinched his lower lip thoughtfully. Yes, I had been thinking about that, but I can't make out anything logical from it. Oh, I wish I'd stayed where I was, groaned the girl. What do you mean? puzzled the Time Lord. Well, if I hadn't fiddled around with the TARDIS console, we wouldn't be here, would we? My dear Miss Grant, you had nothing to do with getting us here. The console had been disconnected. No, someone or something has drawn us here for some purpose, known only to themselves. Joe's eyes widened. Then how are we going to get out of here? The doctor looked grave. And let's see what's behind the next door, he said, ignoring Joe's question. They crossed over to the door, past the now stationary carousel, and the doctor touched the handle lightly. Finding it safe, he pushed down and slowly opened the door. The room beyond was dimly lit, with no furnishings except two full-length mirrors on the far wall, which seemed to glow around the frame with a silver radiance. Nothing menacing here, I think. Let's try the next room. They walked past the mirrors, their reflections following them as they travelled past. Joe reached out and grabbed the doctor's arm. Here, she shouted, and then more quietly. Here. The doctor looked puzzled. What is it, Joe? What's wrong? Joe waved a finger in front of herself. Something about this room. Something in here. There's nothing in here except two mirrors. Oh, come on. I want to get out of here. Joe shook her head, as if to rid herself of cobwebs which clouded her mind. Then she followed the doctor to the next room. Yet another heavy oak door creaked open, and they stepped into a huge hall with subdued lighting. It was similar to the room with the carousel, except that this time, instead of the colourful roundabout, there was a blue police box standing in the centre of a huge chessboard, each black or white square being at least four feet across. Behind the blue box stood an army of chess pieces, each one black and menacing. I hope you know how to play chess, Joe. But, Doctor, look! It's the TARDIS! Joe shrieked, standing on the first square of the giant games board. Who's the prettiest one of all? Boomed the voice, as if to signify the beginning of the duel. Joe skidded to a halt. She was on the first square of the left-hand side of the board. The corresponding section at the other end of the board lit up, and the Black Queen's castle slid from its position. Below the turrets of the piece, 
sprang two sharp blades which glistened fearfully in the dim light. As it maneuvered itself on the board, the blades began to spin around at an alarming rate. Joe stood there petrified as the chess piece shot across the board towards her, the blades whining like some primeval war cry. The doctor sprang from his position at the safety area towards Joe and grabbed her, throwing her two squares into the board. The castle shot past them until it met the safety area, where it faded from sight. Doctor, what are we going to do? There isn't another door out of here, shrieked the young girl. The police box obviously represents the prize for the winner of this barbaric game. Head for there. By this time, another square had lit up, and a bishop was hurtling towards them, its outline glowing from the highly charged electric current it carried, which meant death to anyone it touched. The doctor propelled Joe away from him as the piece slid between the two of them to fade into the safety area behind them. Run, Joe! yelled the doctor as he raced across the board towards the large blue police box. As they scurried towards the prize, the sequence of squares lit up at the other side and the pawns and pieces moved forwards towards their victims. More squares lit up with each step they took towards the box and slid in an army towards them. Joe, look out, warned the doctor, as an electrified knight skimmed past her side. It made contact, and the girl screamed as a charge of electricity shot into her side. Dodging another rook, the doctor picked the girl up from the board and dragged her to the police box. The huge king lumbered towards them, its crown a myriad of razor-sharp blades which spun towards them. The doctor hammered his fist onto the doors of the box and dragged his unconscious companion into the darkness of the interior. He found the dimensions were exactly the same inside as out. Unlike his own machine, the double doors slammed shut and the doctor could feel the floor moving, carrying him and his assistant towards a light far above them. The Time Lord bent down and felt Joe's pulse at the side of her neck. He could feel the blood pound against his fingers, and he sighed with relief. The girl moaned as she struggled to regain consciousness, when the square section of the floor that carried them upwards emerged into a brightly lit control room, which hummed with electronic activity. The elevator jerked to a halt, and the doctor stepped from the conveyor into the control room, which flashed with the regular pulses as the collection of machines each carried out its individual function. We've escaped your little games, shouted the doctor. Now, show yourself. His voice echoed throughout the complex and died away before a strange noise floated through the air. It was like a heartbeat, but there was also the noise of a computer readout, a gentle purring or ticking. A section of walls slid upwards and the doctor spun round to the source of the noise and movement. A giant computer was revealed, its tape spinning left and then right, its gauges showing life and then stillness, its giant viewing screen throbbing red and blue and white. Why have you brought us here? asked the doctor, automatically thinking this was the entity that had kidnapped them from Earth and brought them here. There was a low whir as the computer digested the question, 
Then a grating, inhuman voice replied, It amuses me. The statement was so unexpected and short that the doctor was momentarily lost for words. A computer that had developed a sense of amusement was something he had never encountered before in all his voyages through the fourth and fifth dimensions. Amusement, hissed the doctor. But, but why us? You are above human intellect, it said. Then, after another whirring of calculation added, it was unfortunate your friend was involved. Unfortunate, growled the doctor. You very nearly killed her. The computer remained silent. What do you plan to do now? inquired the doctor sharply. You must remain here until you find the way back to your planet. There is a way then. Somewhere behind him, a tape recorded spool began to burst into the room. Who is the prettiest one of all? Stop playing that ridiculous quotation! bellowed the doctor. Mirrors, mirrors, on the walls, hissed a voice from behind him. The doctor spun round to see Joe, one arm propping herself up, while her free hand ran through her sandy hair in exasperation. Of course, she exclaimed. Mirror, mirror on the wall, who is the prettiest one of all? She leapt to her feet and hurried over to the doctor. That's it, that room we passed through. The one where nothing happened. That must be the way back, don't you see? The two mirrors. The doctor snapped his fingers. Of course. Joe, get back to the lift, he urged. Then turned to the computer. What is your function? Asked the doctor simply. To capture species from other planets and set them numerous tests. Did they fail? Interrogated the Time Lord. If, during one of the games, they sustain damage and cease to function, their bodies are returned to their own worlds, death by natural causes being established after they have been processed. Processed? inquired the doctor. All knowledge and tests of skill and strength are collected and stored from their intelligence organs for future reference. The doctor rubbed the back of his neck thoughtfully. You mean you collect as much information as possible about the games and trials of the inhabitant of that particular planet and test them out on a chosen subject? That is correct, word the machine. Very well, announced the Time Lord. Try this. The doctor looked back at Joe, who stood on the elevator square. Then he returned his gaze to the computer. Checkmate. A three-dimensional chess in six moves. The computer whirred for a few seconds, then grated. It is illogical. It cannot be done. The doctor smiled slyly. Oh, yes, it can. The machine whirred again. And this time, the doctor could hear that the noise had increased in tone considerably. It, it cannot, cannot be done, 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 repeated the machine. Its voice was higher, thought Joe, but she put it down to imagination. Checkmate and six moves, shouted the doctor. 
The view screen on the computer glowed a blood red as the whirring continued to rise in pitch. The doctor hurried over to Joe and stood beside her on the platform. Six moves, repeated the doctor as the elevator began to descend. His last view of the computer showed thin whips of smoke seeping from beneath the view screen as the computer tape began to spill onto the floor. But doctor, said Joe, we'll have to go through that chess set again. No. Somehow, I think the Jack that built this house is a little preoccupied at the moment. The conveyor descended with the police box, and the doctor pushed the doors open stealthily. He peered into the hall and saw the pawns and pieces spinning furiously around the sides into the safety area where they disappeared. After a few moments, all was silent, and the duo stepped from the box and ran over to the door. The doctor wrenched it open and he ushered his female companion into the room of nurse. The high-pitched whining of the computer could be heard throughout the entire complex as the computer battled for a solution to its problem. Joe! cried the doctor over the noise. Search around the flames of the mirrors for any control studs that might open them up. The door might be behind them. Joe Grant's fingers fumbled at the sides and found two hinges on the left. She nervously felt around for the control stud at the other side and found it. The floor began to tremble as the doctor helped her pull back the mirror to reveal a blank wall. The Time Lord smashed his fist against it until his knuckles bled. Doctor! screamed Joe. This place will go up at any moment! The doctor ceased his futile attack and ran his fingers through his silver hair. The wine of the computer seared through his brain, jumbling up his thoughts so that he couldn't think straight. Then he looked at Joe and saw behind her that the hinges on the other mirror were at the right-hand side, the opposite to the other one. He scrambled over to the glass and heaved it out until it was parallel with its neighbor. The two mirrors shone from yellow to blue as each reflected the other, creating a never-ending corridor to eternity. The doctor's eyes widened as plaster began to crumble from the ceiling and a large crack shot across the far wall. He stepped between the two mirrors and found that the corridor wasn't a reflection after all and that he could pass his hand through the glass as if it wasn't there. He grabbed Joe by the arm and stepped through the glass as the roof collapsed and a gigantic explosion demolished the two mirrors and the remainder of the complex. The doctor and Joe were picked up by some invisible force and hurtled down the vast corridor at incredible speed. Joe then remembered this was how they had been delivered to the House of Tests. This was the corridor she had seen before she had passed out. Her journey seemed to take an eternity. Joe tried to talk to the doctor, but no sounds left her lips. Then, staring down the corridors, she could see a tiny pinpoint of light speeding towards them. Suddenly, they burst through an invisible door in the wall of the doctor's lab and landed with a thud on the floor. The doctor grunted as he picked himself up from the floor and commented that they would never see that place again. Joe stood up and brushed the crumbling plaster from her trousers, the only evidence she had that the adventure had truly taken place. Looking up, puzzled, and balancing her hands on her thighs, she asked, Doctor, can you checkmate in six moves? 
The doctor's face burst into a broad grin. Of course, he remarked, as his tongue slid mischievously in his cheek. End of disc one.